0: morning everyone and morning online eco-church we are an eco-church is an initiative from Arosha, which is a christian environmental organization and i'm co-chair of green christian which is also a christian environmental organization and both are charities and both have been around since about 1982 so we are not uh, new we've been doing this work for a long time Anyway, so our passages this morning, um, we're going right back to page one, aren't we, of our Bibles to find out what it is that God has to say about our place in creation and our responsibilities under God for creation. So uh, just briefly, St. Matthew's has been an eco-church for about four years Nearly four years, and it's time, it's a really good time now to review Eco Church and what it means, but I will look at the Bible passages first. Okay. This first creation account in Genesis 1 is the one that people are most familiar with, the one with six days of creation, not seven. Um, And in this account, humans were created on the last day, the same day as all the animals, all the animals along with all the creatures that move along the ground, and I like to think of those not just as being like rabbits and guinea pigs and things, but uh, dogs, but um, slugs, beetles, snakes. We were created along with all these creatures. So in some ways, we humans are not special at all. We are animals. Yet, what's very clear from this passage On the last day of creation, it's very clear. We are also made in the image of God, which is really special. Other animals are not made in the image of God, but we are. And being made in God's image is so important that it's mentioned four times in two verses. So I'm just going to read them. God said, let us make humankind in our image Four times. Now being made in God's image does not mean that we are God. It's like a photo. Um, an image, You know, it's an image, it's not the person, it's an image of the person. So we are not all wise. We're not all powerful. We don't know everything. We can't be everywhere at once. We cannot create things out of nothing. We can't bestow life or create miracles. But being made in God's image means that people have been given some extraordinary gifts or attributes, such as intelligence, creativity, imagination, courage, compassion, truth, love, mercy, justice, foresight, and many more. We can do history and science, for example, medicine and art, create beautiful buildings, music, poetry. We can invent machines and new technologies, just to name a few few things we can do. We can also look back at our past actions and look forward into what the future may hold. We have a moral and ethical sense And above all, we have free will, the freedom to use these gifts for good or for ill. We can choose to be guided by God or not. We have a choice. God has given us the ultimate freedom to choose his way or our way. And this freedom, this free will, is also part of being made in the image of God. This is so important and people don't always grasp this. So important. We have freedom. We have free will. So what does the Bible say we are to do with these gifts, this image of God? It's very clear. We are to use these amazing gifts or attributes in ruling over creation, in being God's representatives. And I want to make it really clear That ruling in God's name or having dominion, as in some translations of the Bible, having dominion, is not the same as domination. They're very, very different. Dominion is about lordship. It's about being brought into the kingdom of God. It is not about domination and destruction. It's ruling as Jesus would rule, Jesus, our servant king. We are to be servants of creation as well as ruling with justice, love and all those wonderful gifts I just mentioned and many more. So it's a balance. It's a balance. We are servants of creation and we rule as God's representatives with all those gifts. So here's the first and very, very good reason for looking after creation. We are animals, as I mentioned, created along with all the animals, yet we are also unique having been given some of God's attributes, and we are to look after the earth. Without nature, we cannot live. This is our most important job. And from that comes everything else. And then we just read a couple of verses, three verses from the second creation account. There are two creation accounts, and they both are there to help us understand our, our place in creation and our responsibilities. In the second creation account, God gives the man a job. God places him in the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and guard it, as we heard just now. But these words in the Hebrew are actually quite difficult to translate, so I'll give you a few of the translations. Cultivate it and guard it. Work it and take care of it. Work it and keep it. Cultivate it and tend it. Work and watch over it. Tend and watch over it. So you get an idea. The translators are trying to grasp the essential message of these words and circling round them. But it's all about looking after. It's tending, it's cultivating, like growing vegetables, cultivating a garden. But it's also about looking after. This is our calling, our job. Our work and it applies to every single one of us in this church, and it applies to every single person on the planet because every single person has been made in the image of God. We can come back to that another time. There's a lot here, um, but we can't do everything. God said to the man that he could eat freely from any of the trees in the garden, he could enjoy, in other words, a good and fulfilling life. Except from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because then he would surely die. Now this might seem strange to us because we value knowledge and we value the, value the knowledge of good and evil but it seems strange until we understand that this tree signifies our freedom to choose to turn away from God. Our freedom to choose to decide for ourselves what is good and what is evil? Our freedom to choose to disregard God altogether and to go it alone. And that is the choice the man made. He disregarded God's instructions and this created a rift, a breakdown in the original perfect relationship between the man and God, a spiritual death, if you like, and between a breakdown in relationship between the man and creation. God still has a perfect relationship with creation, but humans don't. So God wants us to have full and fulfilling lives, but this doesn't include deciding for ourselves what is good and what is evil. Only God, who is utterly good, can do that. And the Bible is full of God's love of truth, justice, mercy and compassion, his care for the poor and needy, and, yes, his love for creation. So this part of the story is actually about how we all have a choice. We can stick with God, follow God's rules, um, or do our own thing. And the fatal flaw in deciding for ourselves to do our own thing is that when we make up the rules, and the rules are different for each of us, this leads to moral and ethical chaos, which in turn leads to sin, to cruelty, injustice, and selfishness. So in terms of running the world looking after creation when you have literally millions of people who think differently from each other who think their way is best or have different moralities wherever those have come from or who don't care about creation because they don't understand our place in it and don't understand creation you end up with a world in crisis as we see today. Climate chaos microplastics deforestation floods wildfires crop failures extinctions increasing poverty climate migration and the list goes on. Of course being made in God's image applies to all aspects of our lives not just about looking after creation. And regarding care of creation until recently many people didn't know about the issues facing the planet. But now we do know. And once we know something, we have moral and ethical responsibility towards it. God loves us. He loves his creation and he wants us to care for it in truth, in love, in compassion, with justice and mercy. And as Christian people saved by Jesus, who is God, with God the Holy Spirit to guide us, I I feel we need to be deeply involved in caring for our planet. We have no excuse not to. The Bible is very clear. So a few years ago, St. Matthew signed up to the Eco Church program uh, and we gained the silver award in 2020 in the the height of the pandemic, actually. Uh, The bureaucracy, the admin, takes a while to go through. 2020, and the plaque is in the porch by the glass doors, if you'd like to look at it. And we're going for gold, the next level, which involves all of us, really. But it's more about, more than just getting to the next level, however good that is, and it's more than about ticking boxes on a checklist. I hope you're beginning to see that this is about whole life discipleship. It's about who we are made to be by God. Um, and EcoChurch comes, comes from the Christian conservation organisation Arosha and it's a brilliant tool and it gives targets in five areas worship and teaching management of church buildings management of church land and we're very fortunate to have land here community and global engagement and lifestyle around 7000 churches in England and Wales have signed up to eco, eco church there's a different program in Scotland and 3,000 of those roughly have received an award. I checked with Eco Church this week. I checked those figures, so they're up to date. So the, I'm going to look at the first one, uh, the worship and teaching, in a little bit of detail, and then the rest of it won't be quite so much. Worship and teaching has 10 questions in the survey. There are options. You can tick boxes to see. So we have special Sundays on Caring for God's Earth. Annually, less often, never, need to find out. And the whole survey is like this, okay? The hymns, songs, and liturgies in our services enable us to celebrate creation. And again, do they do that? Our church prays for environmental issues. Caring for God's earth is preached in our church. Our church hosts guest speakers from Christian environmental organisations. Well, maybe I'm a guest speaker, I'm not sure. Caring for God's Earth features as a teaching theme in our church's youth work and our church's children's work and it's a focus of small group study in our church. Is it? Um, our church's communications include items relating to caring for God's Earth and then finally the leadership have made a formal commitment to improving the environmental credentials of our church by endorsing the undertaking of work towards an eco-church award. And I can say that that is a definite yes. They did. So you'll be very pleased to hear... So they all work like that, those questions. 33 questions. We are not going through 33 questions. It's all right. So this is the building section. It's heating, lighting, energy, renewables... All that kind of thing: cleaning products, how we use our water, paper, our waste disposal, and recycling, uh, toilets, and many more. Lots of lots of questions there. Then our land. Um, we are so fortunate. We have the beautiful uh, formal garden on that side, and the equally beautiful and very different wildlife garden on the other side and they are so different and just both we we work very well I can't say I do but the team works very very hard at looking after these are they managed for wildlife? Yes they are do we use pesticides and herbicides? No we don't bat boxes, bird boxes, bug hotels etc yes lots of those native plants and wildfires flowers, do we have a pond? Not yet but that's hopefully going to come composting, food growing well we don't but the, um, the nursery school that meets below does grow a little bit of food. Do we encourage church and community to use our own gardens? Yes, we do. That's, that's brilliant. We have the gardens open most of the time. And is there a management plan? And the next section, community and local engagement. And this might be a little bit more challenging. And, and particularly it was at the point where we were filling in this this form just before the pandemic and then the pandemic everything stopped a lot of things stopped but do we engage with local leaders or local and sustainability networks local environmental experts do we invite them to speak do we have awareness organising events do we promote equal church to other churches are we registered with a fair trade foundation as a fair trade church I know we have fair trade coffee I don't know if we're registered do we pray for and support overseas environmental projects? And we do at least with Bersoga Trust. Toilet twinning. That's something you can do at home, by the way. You don't have to just do it at church. And do shared meals. Use loaf ingredients where possible. And that means locally, produced, locally sourced, organic, animal-friendly, and fairly traded. And it's not always possible to do all of those things, but maybe one or two of those. And many more. And then finally... lifestyle do we have a church eco group yes Um, ethical investment of church funds practical lifestyle tips and advice do we promote walking etc do we promote individual environmental lifestyle audits and that means that's over to you Um, we might promote it I don't know that we've actually done that yet but it's about everybody going home and saying oh gosh how do I manage my life for the good of creation do we limit waste do we have a communal christmas and easter card well we had a beautiful communal christmas card um, at uh, christmas by sarah, made by sarah stroud and absolutely gorgeous what about our food at home and our own ethical investments and so on so there is a lot there you can see it's very detailed the questions are quite searching but they don't tell us what to do they give that responsibility to us Um, Looking after creation is, of course, about our Christian discipleship. Are we prepared to be obedient caretakers, stewards of God's creation, loving our planet as God does? Are we prepared to step out of our comfort zones, reaching out with a message of care for creation, in love and service? Are we prepared to not only pray for our planet, for our creation, but for all those in need because of human activity, which is destroying environments, and also serving those communities with our time, energy, strength, and money. These are um, discipleship, outreach, and service. These are the three key pillars of St. Matthew's vision for our church family. Discipleship, outreach, service to the community whether local or global, all seasoned with grace and gentleness. And grace is a kind of generous love. That's really what it means. On a foundation of prayer. It would be wonderful if the whole congregation was a massive eco-group. Maybe that'll happen. And to pray for all of us here in this place, this body of Christ, as we seek to be better disciples of Jesus, as we all together care for creation. I will just read this prayer. O God, the delicate balance of your creation is slowly being stripped of its riches. Your streams of living water are choked with chemicals. Your life-giving trees droop and die. Open our eyes to see and our ears to hear the cry of your creation. Teach us its wonders. Teach us to cherish and protect your world. Teach us how to live in partnership with all things that we may learn how to live as one body in Christ, dependent on each other's gifts, sharing in each other's hopes. And that prayer was from the Iona community. Thank you, everyone.